Welcome to From the Outside Looking In with your hosts Patrick Bannis and Andy Leoskos. Come on in. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back once again, and thank you for stopping by to From the Outside Looking In, America's number one show all about proctology, featuring two proctologists, myself, Dr. Andreas Liasso-Liaskos, and Dr. Patrick the Anus Banus. All right, so let's get into it from the outside looking in. That's right. So, Patrick, Dr. Patrick, how many buttholes did you get into this week? Oh, uh, eight. It was a busy week. Busy week, which is eight buttholes just all in there, proctologizing. Uh, no, we're just fucking with you. Well, I mean, that's that's a double entendre there, right? Holy shit, bud. Hey, welcome to From the Outside Looking In, the show about everything, the show about nothing, the show about two dudes who like butts, but they also like comics and sports and, you know, the shit. We're into pop culture. We're into comic books. We're into sports. Uh, and music, and we talk about that shit. And, oh, we also talk about beer and sometimes a delicious <laughs> Dr. Pepper Cherry Zero. Ooh, Whoa, cherry. Yeah, oh, yeah, Cherry Dr. Pepper, but zero Heck sugar. Yeah. It is fantastic. Uh, I am Andy Liascos. I am not a doctor. Uh, and with me, as always, the Mark McSorley to my Wayne Gretzky, Mr. Oh, Patrick Banus. But I do play one on TV. Yeah, no, for sure. I I also play an ass. I'm Cosmo Kramer, the <laughs> ass man. <laughs> oh. I mean, like, how do you lay? Like, I mean, I get it. There, there has to be proctologists in the world, but like, I mean, you know, I. That's this is all Larry David. You're just this. You're in the mind of Larry David right now. <laughs> But how do you land on it? I don't know. If any, uh, if there are any proctologists listening, let us know how you chose your trade, right? Yes. Like, so I, I would be interested to know, like, when you're in med school and you're like, yeah, the rectum, but. the rectum. That's <laughs> rectum. Damn near killed damn near him. Killed him. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, Pat, how you doing, bud? Uh, I am. Uh, I am doing all right. I got my uh, crunchy sweater on. It's a little Ooh. little chilly out today. Uh, yeah, I'm wearing a hoodie. Little. Uh, I don't know if we're getting some sort of lake effect business, but we're definitely getting some some weird snowfall today. Yeah, you're not. You, I mean, you're close enough to a lake where you could get some lake effect. You're not too far from Lake Erie. Yeah, I mean, not bit. too new, not too close to Lake Erie, no, no. but yeah. No, no, and, just a just like a little dusting. You know, we're not like Buffalo, who's going to get buried. Oh, yeah. Buffalo. Didn't they get like 79 feet? Something like that. uh, That's supposed to happen between like last night and like tomorrow night. They're supposed to get like four to six feet of snow. Just an absurd amount of snow. R.I.P. Buffalo. Good luck. boys. Yeah. Good luck to the Sabres. But not the Bills, who have already abandoned ship for Detroit. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it helps my fantasy football team, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we, uh, the, the Bears got the Colts this weekend, so. Oh, that's could easy. Be, Come on, buddy. Could be a win. Could be a win. Nobody cares about Jeff Saturday. Not on a uh, Sunday. No, nah, no. Nah. 
Not on any given uh, Sunday, bud. Nah, oh, yeah, I want to open this up with our famous "You Got to Try This" moment, which is like one of my favorite moments of the show. I just got to. Oh, buddy, buddy. Yeah, there we go. This what is, is that? the uh, something of existence. Is what this it is says. a Hitchhiker Bane of Existence IPA? Okay. Um, Hitchhiker is one of the few. Uh, it's one of the few breweries that I really appreciate around here because there's so many, and most of them are mediocre. Very mid. <clears throat> Right. Oh, that's the stuff. Ugh. That's a good one. It's a good one right there, bud. Ugh, so good. Juicy, piney. Ugh, delicious. Yeah, Hitchhiker is one of the three or four breweries out here in Pittsburgh that I actually do like. These guys have been around since 2014, so they, they've, like, honed their craft. Nice, um, nice. So this is just a really good, um, really good like hazy IPA. You know, you know we're big into the haze. Yeah, we're into the hazies now. The New yeah. England style IPA is what it well, you know, was called at one point, but yeah, yeah. But we don't like New England, so we call it what we want. Yeah, right. Exactly. Hazy. New England, the bane of our existence. <laughs> <laughs> New England. What about Old England? Yeah. So yeah. So Pat, we're getting together uh, before the holidays here a little bit. Uh, get an episode in, covers something uh, that we had been wanting to cover for for a while. Um, but before we get into all of that, uh, what else? What's uh, what's going on in the world today, bud? Well, one of the things I'm definitely thankful for are our uh, National League champion Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, go Phils. Um, we, uh, last episode, we were only hours away from me going down to Philadelphia to see game three. <laughs> Yep. Um, so uh, I, I thought it was fun because we—it's uh, a tale of two series for us. Um, I had the luxury of going to Game Three, uh, yes. which was not Halloween night. We got down to—we actually—I got—I got out of your place and got back to my buddy's house, and they had already started chit-chatting that like, oh, it's going to rain. Oh, there yeah, might be rained. some good rainfall Monday night. Yeah. Um, we might have to delay the game. And, you know, or just move it to move it to another night because we don't want to start the game, have it not finish and then have to finish it another night. And then we blow two whole nights. Yep. So they 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 kept talking like, oh, well, Major League Baseball is going to meet at three o'clock. Major League Baseball is going to meet at six o'clock. So we're like, all right, well, what do we do? Let's go. Who cares? Let's go. So we go down and uh, we get down there at like, I don't know, four o'clock. So we're like tailgating, hanging out in the parking lot. And, um, you know, we're like, well, uh, yeah, let's just go in because what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Right. Either they, if they have the game, we're already inside. If they don't have the game, they got to let us back in. Yeah. So we're like, all right, let's go in. So we go in it starts drizzling. We're wandering around. We're looking at, you know, we got our standing room tickets. So we're looking at all the spots we've got to like, you know, where can we go, you know, if we got to come back, where do we go? What's a good spot that has a good vantage point? So we found a couple of spots, and it's like, ah, what was it? I think it was right around 7 o'clock. They finally come over the PA, and you could hear it hit Twitter first. So you could hear sections of the crowd, and there was only like 14,000 people there by 7 o'clock for an 8 o'clock start. So people knew. like Some people took their chances. Some people didn't. So, like, you could hear patches of the crowd, like pockets who had already started booing. 
Yeah, right. And then the guy comes over the the PA and he's like, you know, oh, we're gonna, the, you know, we're gonna call the game for rain. We're, you know, your everything, your tickets will be good for tomorrow. Come back. Everybody's booing, but we also got like weird, you know, we also got swag when we came in the door. Got the scarves, right? The we scarves. got the scarves and yeah. towels. Yeah, yeah. And so we're like, all right, cool, whatever. So we left. And uh, we were like, all right, well, we're going to have to do it the next day. So I stayed in town. I worked uh, a day of work uh, at my buddy's house. Then we went back down and did it all over again. And we get there and it's the weather's weather's decent. We go in early. We post up right on the uh, right, right on the left field uh, foul pole up up in the up in the, the high seats because we found like a section of railing we could stand at. We're like hanging out. We're there for like an hour or two. The game starts. Some kid from the staff comes over. You guys can't stand there. You guys got to back up. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, you got to back up. You can't be right on the railing. Why? We're not hurting nobody. It's not near anything. Like, we're not behind seats. There's there's like six or eight feet of railing that goes to the right towards the foul pole where there's no seats. So we're not in anybody's way. That's why we're like, this is perfect. Like, no, you can't do that. We're like, you've got to be kidding me. So we're standing. We back up a little bit. Finally, like one of these guys, one of the one of the one of the older veteran staff comes by and he's like, "Look, my supervisor's gonna come by. They don't want you to stand here because if you got a beer and you freak out, like you might spill beer over the railing on somebody. There's no barrier. There's no ledge. Like you you could drop a beer or something. Like ah, whatever. Right. Fine. We're standing there. There's a there's a bunch of people around us. Everybody's cool. It's not a big deal. Um, nobody was like shoehorning their way in on our space, so we were cool. Um, we get into like the late first inning. We're in the bottom of the first and I got to, I got to piss real bad. I'm like, I can't, I got, I'm going to go. Phillies are at bat. Bryce Harper comes up. I'm like, I got to go. I'm like, I look at my buddy. I go, look, I got to go take a piss. Harper's going to hit a double. No big deal. I, I run up. We, we, you know, we found this one spot where there's, where there's a bathroom, just like a one person bathroom. I, I, I get into the bathroom. I'm standing there. I'm taking a leak. And all of a sudden I hear the crowd. <sighs> I'm like, oh, cool, man. He's, he probably hit the ball and, you know, whatever. Right. And then it goes nuts. The crowd goes nuts. And I'm like, oh, fuck, he did the thing. I, like, bolt out of the bathroom. I'm, like, running past concessions down to my buddy. He hit a home run. Yeah. He didn't hit a double. He hit a no. home run. Yeah. And I come down and my buddy's like, no, you need to go back to the bathroom. Go back. Yeah, yeah. The whole <laughs> – you need to be in the bathroom the whole game for sure. <laughs> so – you know, good times. Uh, yeah, that was, you know, the, uh, that was the seven-run game, right? That's the Phillies seven, so long story short, Phillies hit five home runs. They win 7 nothing. We're having a great time. Yeah. Crowd's nuts. Um, you know, we leave happy. Uh, I'm like, this is great. Wednesday morning, I wake up. I leave. I go home. You yes. call me. I get yeah. home. I'm home for like an maybe an hour, not even an hour. I had just gotten back online to like check in my work email, and you're like, Dude, let's go. Where do you get tickets from? I'm like, oh, you can go here, here, here. What's going on? Tell them what's going on. Yeah, so I had a couple of guys in town, and we we were hanging out. We uh, had plans to go to Philly to, for dinner and do some of this and that and the other thing, right? And they're like, let's get tickets. Let's go to the World Series. And it's like, <laughs> like, all right, fuck yeah, let's go to the World Series, bud. So I hit you up. I'm like, yo, what's the sites for tickets? And then you sent me a bunch of things. We wind up like trying this one site. I can't remember the name of it. I won't disparage it. 
No, we should disparage it. Yeah, there was no, probably I, Vivid I, Seats. What was it, Vivid Seats? Yeah, it was Vivid Seats. Yeah, so Vivid Seats, yeah, that's exactly right. So we're on the app. We buy the tickets. They're like, okay, wait for your confirmation, right? It's like it's like 20 minutes till game time, right? We're at we're at a, a taco bar in, in, like, Center City, right? So we're not that far. We get Uber to the stadium, no problem, right? And we're spending half an hour on the phone with Vivid Tickets. We haven't gotten the link. We haven't gotten the link. We haven't gotten the link. Yeah, all right, we canceled the order. Do it again. Do it again. My buddy's putting it on his card. He's like, I see both charges there. I'm like, holy shit, bud. That's like a lot of fucking money. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. (laughs) And then we're like, cancel these orders. I'm like, let's use this site that my buddy Pat told me to use. So we wound up, I forget what, which one. uh, I think it was probably StubHub. No, it wasn't StubHub. It was uh, uh, Game Time. No, it wasn't Game. It was Geek Mm. Seats. It was Geek Seats. Oh, SeatGeek, SeatGeek. Yeah, SeatGeeks, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, use SeatGeeks. It's funny because it's the same tickets that we've been trying to buy from Vivid Seats. It's the same set of tickets, <laughs> right? Oh my God. And we're like, oh fuck. Well, let's just rip it one more time. Rip it. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so we rip it, and then we get the wait for your confirmation email. We're like, fuck. This is the same shit that's been happening. But then, like two minutes later, the cop he did get this. He broke out of his cage. Yeah. So the confirmation email comes in. We're like, fuck yeah. Call the Uber. Hey, you know, start getting over to the stadium. We got there around the second inning. It was zero zero, right? Um, we get to our seats. It's a great time. Uh, you know, I am, uh, you know, the Phillies are like my number two team. I'm not a diehard fan. I'm a White Sox fan. I am a Chicago boy born and raised. Right. And I'm like, you know, but I'm not going to be, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I'm there cheering on the Phillies. I'm not like, well, I hope, you know, both teams just have fun. Right. Like <laughs> I hope for a competitive game. You know yeah. I mean, like I, I'm like, let's fucking go Phils. Let's get this win. You know what I mean? I think at this point they were up two one in the series. Yes, right? they were. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, we get this win here. It's huge. That's three one. One more game in Philly, and then you know, even even worst case scenario, you're up three two, going back to uh, Houston. Houston's got to win two, right? Well, you know, you saw uh, the most home runs hit in a uh, a World Series game I with did. five. Yeah, which was great. I mean, history making night for you. You know. Uh, I also saw a history-making night um, <laughs> as Houston pitched a no-hitter to the Phillies. Couldn't get on base. I mean, it was terrible. And you could you could feel like – so, first of all, like the first five innings was was just a pitcher's battle, and it was fucking great. Yep. Um, I, I enjoy a pitcher's battle. But, like, the uh, – the energy in the stadium was so fucking electric. It was like being at a football game. It was so intense, right? It was so good. Crowd's wild. Everything's fucking great. And then in the sixth, I think Houston got on the board like pretty big with like three yeah. or four runs in the sixth. And like that, that it was like a tire popped. It was yep. just like everything deflated. It was like, ah, uh, fuck. And yeah, and then the rest of the game was it was exactly that. It was a no hitter, you know. Stayed for the whole thing. It was great to be at a World Series game. It was fucking cool. What a great stadium! Uh, shouts to the Philadelphia Phillies for you know defying the odds to even be there. They were a sub five hundred team at the start of the uh, series. Most of the right? season, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So 
Yeah, yeah, it was a great time. Uh, it was just funny. I was, and you were like, if I had known you were going to get tickets, I was like, I didn't know I was going to get tickets. But yeah, yeah you're like, you would have stayed the other day. It would have been good. We could have oh both God. hung out in the bathroom, and then maybe that would have made a difference. <laughs> you know what I mean? So twice as many, twice as many. Well, numbers. yeah, like that's the thing that people don't understand. Every single thing that you do as fans has a direct effect. Uh, so you know, you got to wear your lucky shoes. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. I mean, I wore, I wore the same shirt, like the same. Uh, I, had a, I have a Phillies pullover, and I wore the same. It's like a sweatshirt. And I wore the same sweatshirt for like most of the series, like most of the most of their playoff run. When I wasn't like in a place where I like, if I was at home watching a game, I was dressing the same. Right. Like if I was out, you know, you can only do so much. Right. But but yeah, I mean, I I, I would have loved to have been there only because it would have meant that I would have been there for both Phillies playoff no hitters. Right. I was at the uh, Roy Halladay playoff no hitter in 2010. Um, shouts to my boys Rob and Dutch, who we were we were at that game together, and you know I think um, shouts to Vaz. Vaz was at that game. Oh, nice, nice. I'm pretty sure I recall Vaz was at that game. Um, I I didn't know him at that point, but I found out later on down the line, like re- reminiscing about that game, that like Vaz was there. Yeah. Um, shouts to shouts to random shouts to Sweet Lou who was texting me as the game's going on, like oh, no. and, and our buddy RC who were like, this is your fault. Don't have, you know what I mean? Like this, this is because you fucking went there. Oh, <laughs> this is happening. You're not a like, fan. Yeah, I was like, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. a White Sox fan. Yeah, yeah. I just hope both teams have fun. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean? I, I'm just rooting for a good game. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, I want to see good baseball. I bought fucking for you know, Philly fanatic stuff. It was a good time. We got the kids there a little gringa. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know. I, I, I appreciate that we both saw very historic sides of the series. Seeing a no hitter is, you know, it is, it's historic, but it's, it's also really crappy. Like the modern day baseball no hitter to me though is bullshit, right? Because like the like it's great, it's cool that your bullpen bullpen is 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 that fired up, right? A complete game no hitter. That's something to behold. You know what I mean? Like that is nine, something. Yeah, I mean, like that's real. like I I remember like being at uh, Burley's no hitter, right? And it was a complete game. Right. Mark Burley dominance. You know what I mean? And yep. uh, that's that, that's you're just like holy shit, dude. You know yeah, what I mean, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the Phillies went on to lose the next two, lost the series mm-hmm. four games to two. Yeah. Um, um, uh, the my bats, frustration. Yeah, I, Houston, Houston's, you know, to, to their credit, the whole, you know, the whole cheating thing of last year, right, with the with the Astros, right? No, was it last year or was it? Uh, I, I think it was two three years, years ago. ago, 2017, right? It was either oh, okay. two, I think it was 17, right? Uh, you know, where they, where they were stealing signs, stealing right? signs, yeah, 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 and all that, right? And the, you know, the the problem with the Astros, right, like. Um, Dusty Baker, who, you know, I, I always have like, uh, uh, I don't want to say hate, right? <laughs> but I never liked Dusty Baker cause he was the Cubs manager. Right. So, okay. You know, let's say White Sox are, are my number one team. You know, Phillies are my number two team. I can give you the whole story about how I went to Dairy Queen when I was a kid. What you did last episode. 
Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. So that's why the Phillies are number two. My number three baseball team is any team that plays the Chicago Cubs. Fuck the Cubs. Fuck everything about them. <laughs> Dusty Baker managed the Cubs for quite a while. They had some good playoff runs, right? Uh, Dusty Baker was not the manager of the Astros in 2017. So, and also, you know, congrats to Dusty Baker for having a long ass career and finally getting a, a championship as a manager. Definitely had one as a player. Um, but yeah. fuck the Astros. I mean, I, I you know, they. <laughs> They did cheat in like the first two games of the series to no repercussions whatsoever. Yeah. And people don't want to talk about it, but like um, Maldonado, their first baseman, he was using a bat, an illegal bat in game one. Um, it was a, the, 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 I think the diameter of the bat was, was bigger than was allowed. Um, he got the bat from Albert Pujols who, because he'd been in the league for so long, it was grandfathered in for him, but not for Maldonado. So he's using an illegal bat, so they take away the bat. Well, okay, you're not punishing the player, so you allow the cheating. Then in game two, um, I forget the pitcher's name for Houston. I don't, it's... Um, I think he, he might have been part of that no-hitter, to be honest. Um... Uh, anyways, whatever Escobar, Vasquez, whatever, it was one of those. I don't know. Yeah, he like he was so he had so much foreign substance on him that he was using to grip the ball that during game two he had to he like literally changed his pants, his belt, his hat, his glove. Like he changed his uniform in between innings, and like no, once again. Nothing. Nothing. Because yeah. because because pitchers will say, "Oh, well, everybody uses some substance." Well, okay, but not everybody is changing their entire uniform mid mid you know game to like right. avoid being found out. And once again, no one cares. So, yeah, yeah, it, it, that whole thing was just it was fucking weird. Um, yeah, I'm sure they are to a degree a good baseball team, but you reach a point where it's hard to tell anymore because once you allow the cheating and you don't, and they they like suspended the general manager who was there in 17. That guy's he's now in like Spain running a second tier like Spanish soccer club, like he's been that black ball. He, he's Ted Lassoed it. Right, he's Ted Lassoed. Yeah, and but you don't. If you don't punish the players, then you're not, you're not, you're condoning cheating, right? right? Because you're not, you're not punishing the players. So there is no repercussions. So they know they can get away with it with impunity. There's not even a, there's not even an asterisk next to the, uh, to the, the world series title. Right. In there's 17, not even yeah. A, yeah, there's True. not even asterisks next so, to it. Like, I mean, yeah, hey, fair enough. Definitely, you know, talented players on that team and all that, but definitely were caught cheating. But you can't what you can't take away from the Houston Astros is arguably the best retro jersey in all major league baseball. A hundred percent. Jersey is so fun. Oh yeah, everybody does. Everybody has one of those. Yeah. I've got one of those one of those retro Nolan Ryan jerseys and they're fire, but I can't wear it because they cheated and got caught cheating and now like there's too much shame there. Like I can't wear it because I like they're cheaters. Yeah. No, for sure. So. And it, it's weird. Like the Astros in general are like a weird team, right? Because they uh, 
They were always. I, I remember the Astros. They were being a National League team, and also they were you know, always hey, a shout, National League team. Shouts out to the uh, 2005 Chicago White Sox for defeating the Houston Astros in the World Series. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, they were always a National League team. They moved to the American League. I, I don't know why. There was um, a realignment, and they did the realignment so that they could get. Um, I think the expansion clubs in. Yeah, so this might still, have been around like Tampa when Tampa joined, or one of those clubs. Right. Yeah, it was it, it was a weird thing, right? Um because you still have the Texas Rangers that are in the American Oh, League. you know what? No, it wasn't just that. They did a they did a massive realignment. They got away from um I I thought for the longest time and correct, I I could be wrong here, but there were just two divisions in the league. I don't believe that there was a third division. I think they realigned and changed the division. So like for the yeah, longest yeah, time yeah, yeah. Like the Pirates used to be in the NL East with the Phillies and the Mets and the Braves. And it was that, yeah, there, you know. Yeah, there wasn't a central. There wasn't a central. So they did this massive realignment after some of the um, expansion teams. And this is when, like, you know, this is when Houston moved out to the AL West, which doesn't make any sense. But here we are. Um, right. And then they realigned, like, Pittsburgh moved to the NL Central along with Cincinnati and Milwaukee and stuff like that. So that's where that ended up happening. And it was weird, but they only moved just the one team. So it's, you know, but it's still yeah. strange. Yeah, it's definitely strange. But, you know, hey, shouts again to the uh, Fighting Phils uh, for making a hell of a season and a hell of a series. Uh and it was good to just, uh, you know, be vested in uh, baseball, which I haven't been in a while because the White Sox are generally terrible. There you go. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. World Series. Fucking we love yeah. it. Let's go. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Pat, I think it's uh, about some time that we talked a little bit about movies, Comics, books, movies, books, television stuff. shows, and A-track players, 45 Streaming on your network. Trade paperbacks. Trade paperbacks. Yeah, it's the mixed media moment. Uh, we were struggling to uh, find what to talk about today. Uh, we were going to record yesterday, uh, but we were thinking, oh, well, what, what are we going to do a show on? And yada, yada, yada. And then we had completely forgot that we haven't covered the first season. And I will say the first season because it has been renewed for season two uh, of Arguably, my favorite author's uh, uh, seminal work, uh, the TV show that is uh, The Sandman, Neil Gaiman's The Sandman uh, on Netflix. So adapted from uh, Gaiman's comics, um, also called The Sandman. Uh, (laughs) This uh, first season uh, covers uh, the first 16 issues Mm -hmm. of, of The Sandman. Uh, pretty faithfully. Then there were two episodes after the initial uh, uh, right. episode run, right? Uh, which were ancillary to those. One yeah. was about the cast. So, yeah, the it was a ele- this was an eleven episode series on Netflix. Um, episode eleven was the kind of throwaway, not a throwaway, but it wasn't directly linked to the overarching story. Yeah. Right. Um, but it was great. Uh, we'll talk about it later. It's got some cats in it. Love it. Um, yeah. This is based on Neil Gaiman's very, very well received, critically acclaimed um, eighty nine through nineteen ninety six comic run, The Sandman. Yeah. Um, he had been trying to get this into film since 1991 so 
Like, like Daniel Radcliffe was associated, uh, connected to it at one point, and there was all sorts of shit going well, on. Well, so I don't know. I, I've never heard the Radcliffe one, but I know in 2013 they had discussed a film adaptation that was going to include Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levy, that's right, that's right, that's yeah, right. Levitt was supposed to be part of the production team with um, Neil Gaiman and David S. Goyer, who's a really popular uh, producer, um, and I think he, I think Levitt was going to play Morpheus in yeah, that yeah. adaptation, um, but that that never that fell through and uh, i'm Levitt. sort of i'm sort of glad that they did because of the, the levity of of the the topic or or the or the the depth of neil gaiman's lore works really well in an episodic series and i feel like even with how long movies are today which i've bitched about many of times right <laughs> um i feel like a two and a half even three hour adaptation of let's even just call it these first three uh 16 issues would be hard to do uh i mean i don't know i think that that very first the the very first um the very first series um the first couple of issues um when dream is you could you could do the dream you could do that you could do the dreaming as just a movie yeah, you could do the dreaming as just a movie, and the dream and, and dream of the endless is captured in, by the Magus and and all of that, right? Um, it, that, it would that, be tough. Yeah. I, I I agree that it would be tough. And I, and you would I be feel cramming like, it in. Yeah, and I feel like the payoff wouldn't be that great. No, 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 right? because, because you could, it, you're trying yeah. to really condense it into two hours. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like uh, a lot. Of, so Neil Gaiman's you know worlds are so massive. Uh, in in how deep his mythology goes, right? right? That I feel like it's great in a series. Uh, the same for you know American Gods, which is one of my uh, favorite books. Uh, same right. same same with uh, Good Omens on on Amazon Prime, right? Like the uh, American Gods, not as good as Good Omens or The Sandman, in my opinion. Uh, you know, stars kind of dropped the ball on that one. It could have been great, but it was decent. They really did, didn't they? We yeah. never really covered too much of that because they dropped the ball so hard. Yeah, yeah, they dropped the but... ball so hard in season two that we just kind of yeah. stopped. Yeah. Um, but... And also, I'm I'm also glad that the the Gordon Levitt version never got off the ground in 2013 2016 because um oh man i you know tom sturridge yeah who played morpheus and just was fantastic fantastic i yeah. mean the cat I, I i you know the casting in this and and you know I, and we're gonna get to this later but like just how well done mm -hmm. this is but yeah the casting and, and, is so good and it, the casting was so good and with all of you know twitter the interwebs uh, all of it was was above a uh, buzz with the woke culture right and i'm doing air quotes that nobody could see um gender swapping and sometimes race swapping of characters that was happening in this show before even seeing it right and and we'll get to uh, some of that because you know my, you know, uh, proclaimed favorite, you know, comic book character of all time, uh, you know, John Constantine, uh, the Hellblazer, is very, very much gender swapped uh, in this series. Uh, he did appear in the original series uh, 
of uh, the Sandman. Um, and my number two favorite uh, comic book character of all time, and one of my favorite series, I, I would say the the series I, I enjoy probably even more than Hellblazer, right, yep. was a direct spinoff of this uh, uh, property, Sandman, uh, Lucifer, right? And again, even though technically angels do not have a gender, right, we gender swap the role of J- Lucifer and we have a female Lucifer um, yeah. played by I mean, I, Brienne of Tarth, the, whose name I can't remember. Gwendolyn Christie. <laughs> the marvelous Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn Christie. The marvelous I mean, uh, And so, both of them crushed it. I, I mean, it. I think I think that we should I think we should talk about the casting because it's very relevant. And I. I don't know that I have really any qualms with the casting of almost anyone in this series. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, there are they, they. Yes. Did we did we race swap? Sure. Yeah. Lady Death is a black woman. Who yeah. cares? And she was fucking awesome. She the, was great. She's been in. Um, I'm trying to think of who. Um, oh, man, I got to think about this. She has been in other a lot of other shows. I actually I'm trying to think if she has been in. Um, um, I think that she's been in like Doctor Who. Kirby, okay. Kirby Howe, Kirby Howe Baptiste. Oh, no. So she was in, um, she was in Killing Eve. That's where I saw her. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I she's been in a bunch of British, too, she's a British actress. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of these actresses, but a lot was, of these actresses. She British. was great as Death of the Endless. Um, so I, I guess we should talk, we, we've, we've mentioned Dream of the Endless and now Death of the Endless. So to give some lore and context to the Sandman world, right? Um, and I guess some of DC's greater mythology, right? Yeah. Um, uh, the Endless are beings uh, that they're not gods, right? Um, they are, and they're not the personification of the the things they represent. They are, in fact, those things, uh, right, so so dream of the endless who rules the the, the world of dreams, right, mm-hmm. which feeds all of our dreaming, right? Like yeah, you know, like it is created by you know our ability to dream, right? Dream is not just the king of that or just the representation of dreaming itself. Dream is dream, right? Like, yeah, right. Dream yeah. is the physical manifestation. Of dreams, of dreams, right, right. He's he's not a per. Yeah. You know, so the uh, one of the interesting things about the endless, if an endless were to be killed or something like that, it would just replace another manifestation of that in the same way, which does happen later in the comic series. There is another dream, right? Um, that looks exactly like Dream, and instead of wearing all black, wears all white. It's the only difference to denote, right? So there are um, uh, several aspects of the Endless. Uh, The oldest, which, and and we only get to see a few, right, in in, in the series uh, in season one. And and Mm -hmm. hopefully we get to see uh, more. Uh, So we get to see Dream, right? Uh, We get to see his sister, Death, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, we get to see uh, his 
and two other siblings, uh, um, Desire, Desire, and Despair. So Desire is, and and I had to, um, I have like a, I don't know if I have a, but um, I, I have a slight personal interest in in the character or not the character but the actor um desire is um i'm trying to think of who played that character oh mason alexander park um uh gender fluid um actor no you know um they've also been in um uh cowboy bebop um they're currently in quantum leap but also uh mason alexander park i think grew up in pittsburgh um, but does it, you know, th- this goes back to the character, like the, the casting, like I love this kind of gender fluid portrayal of desire. And it worked out like, so well as it looks desi- so good. Yeah. It's, yeah. That, it, I love it. Yeah. Um, it was perfect. And then, his, uh, their twin sister despair, even though they look nothing like, uh, desire in any way, shape or form, but they are considered <laughs> twins is uh, right. desire and despair. Um, uh, we meet them, uh, I think those are the four that we meet. The two that we don't meet are Destiny, uh, which he is the oldest, and, uh, then, um, Destruction, who has left his post, uh, as one of the Endless. Yeah, my guess Uh, is we'll see them next season. Yeah, yeah, I, I would like to. I, I, they, they refer to Destruction quite a bit in the show as the Prodigal, uh, and and it's what they call him in the comic book as well. I do like the story of destruction. Uh, I hope that like they do tell it in some way. Uh, so obviously, destiny is destiny. Death is yeah. death. You can understand that. Despair and de- and, and desire. Oh, uh, delirium. We also the delirium who uh, would be really cool to see uh, her. Um, she's the only member of the endless that has not been remanifested. She had started as the light of the endless, mm. and for whatever reason, and it's in, you know it's in the comics, uh, these terrible things happen to her, and she becomes delirium. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, which I, is really cool. Uh, all all told, um, I thought the casting was was really great. Um, yes, I love, I, I I enjoy Gwendolyn Christie's portrayal of. Of Lucifer. of Lucifer. Oh, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Um, I don't have a problem with Jenna Coleman as um, Johanna Constantine. Um, yeah. I love Jenna Coleman. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought she did a, a really good job of, I, I mean, every John Constantine or Johanna Constantine that's ever been uh, uh, on screen, I've had some issue with, right? Whether it's sure. Keanu, Keanu Reeves, you know, his his Constantine was too dark. There, Like, let's forget the fact that he's American and that he has dark hair. People fucking harp on that all the time. I really don't care if you portray the character well. He had a very dark brooding thing, but like, that's all he had. Constantine yeah. is, is, is flippant. He's, yeah, I mean, like, it, it, he's, he's much more than that one-dimensional exorcist character, right? Uh, Matt Ryan has, you know, a great look, great accent. Uh, he definitely can get some of the boisterousness of, of Constantine and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But there are there are areas that he, and some of that may be some of the writing that Matt Portrayal. Ryan has been. Yes. Yeah. Some of the writing that Matt Ryan has been stuck in. Right. Dealing with yeah. this was a fantastic portrayal 
of the character that John Constantine represents, right? Yeah. It wasn't perfect, but especially some of the stuff uh, that that happens early, right, with Astra— being taken by demons and seeing some of those uh, the, those flashbacks of how Constantine becomes kind of who he is, right, uh, or who she is in in this verse, they were fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I I I think that there. I mean, I don't like Lucien. Um, gender swapped and race gender swapped, swapped and race swapped. Yeah, and um, was fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, Vivian, um, oh my God, I'm going to butcher the hell out of this. Um, Akamapong? Akamapong? Not going to work here anymore. Yep. British comedian and actress. Um, Love it. Um, A lot of the... uh, A lot of the lesser characters, right? Not, I don't want to say like, uh, you know, the human characters, right? Sure. Um, uh, What was his name? Boyd, Boyd Holbrook as the Corinthian fantastic oh yeah yeah great is the corinthian um so just really good um See, like, I, don't know, I don't know any of the actors names and like yeah i mean so like you know like when you start right like the magus who is like this sort of like at the time sort of a lesser magician he is rich right right uh, in england right and it's during world war one right um he gets some sort of grimoire from another guy and basically um both of their sons were recently killed in action. And the Magus's yes. plan is to bind and capture death, right? Death of the Endless mm-hmm. uh, in this spell circle and basically force death to, to return their two sons to them. The Magus also has this plan to, like, become immortal and stuff like that, right? Like, it's not all, all that altruistic uh, on his end, right? Yeah. Um, and and that is portrayed uh, excellent, excellent, excellently uh, by uh, Sir Tywin Lannister. Again, don't know what his real name is, but the dude that played Tywin plays the Magus and he's uh, awesome. Charles, Charles Dance. Sure. Fantastic. Right. Yes. Uh, I'm here so, for you. Yeah. So as they go to uh, uh, cast the spell and capture death. Uh, at the same time, a rogue nightmare has broken free from the realm of dreams. That is the Corinthian. The Corinthian, right? yeah. The Corinthian is on Earth, literally killing people, which is you know kind of what he does in the nightmare realm. But he doesn't. He's not supposed to be on Earth, really doing this shit. He's supposed right. to be a nightmare. So Dream dispatches himself right with his tools of the trade, his mask, his helm, right, his ruby, his bag of sand. Right. Uh, and he goes to the realm to capture the Corinthian and bring him back to the dream. And it's at this exact time that the Magus and all these other people are casting their spell to capture death. But death is nowhere near to be found. But dream of the endless is. So they wind up in turn uh, capturing uh, dream as opposed mm-hmm. to death. Now, one of the things that they needed for this spell was an angel feather. Um uh, the feather of an angel's wings, right? Which they okay. do, sh- which they do show in the show, um, but they don't mention. I, I think in the comic that was actually one of Lucifer's feathers. So there's another tie-in to oh. uh, to Lucifer uh, in cool. in the comic, right? Um, so they wind up capturing Dream. They're kind of bombed. They, uh, you, know, they you know, so but but Tywin um, 
he's <laughs> he's like <laughs> he's like well we're still gonna get some out of this like Leo what can you do for me right like they right. build this elaborate thing as long as the seal's not broken Dream is stuck there he is captured there's mm-hmm. nothing he can do he can't so they take away his tools right they take away his helm his uh and uh you know Tywin's like can you make me rich can you do this can you you know and, and Dream says nothing but. Yep. What the Magus has discovered is his power has increased just by holding Dream of the Endless, right? So uh, his fortunes have increased and things like that. Um, right. Well, he lives for he lives for like an abnormally long time. Yes. Right. Right. And the other thing that happens is a huge amount of the population falls sick from the sleeping sickness. Ah, uh, the sleepy sickness. Yeah, yeah, the sleepy sickness where a huge amount of the, the population just falls asleep for no reason. Uh, and people kind of stop dreaming. Things are going crazy, right, for a little bit uh, because Dream is gone, right? He is he is captured. Uh, the Magus's son... Paul. Paul, <laughs> thank you. Uh, he basically uh, tries having a uh, uh, somewhat of a relationship. With oh no! Wait, him. no! I, 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 I'm sorry. His son's name is Alex. 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 Oh, ultimately, Paul's the Raven, right? Uh, no, Paul is. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. I thought Paul was Alex's partner. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. And I, I met the Raven because Dream has a companion Raven with him at this point. Still. And this this is um what is he it's with not him Matthew. there while he's picking? Oh, it isn't Matthew. Yes, it's an yeah. older yes, because he gets because he gets shot yes. at some point. Yes. Yeah, right, right. Matthew is the Patton Oswalt one, right? Yes. So yeah. So this is this is this is one of the this is one of the things that really motivates the um the rage um, of Morpheus when he finally gets released, um, like the vengeance because like they killed his, you know, they kill his raven. Yes, yes, yes. Right. So um, to make a you know a long story short, right, uh, the Magus uh, uh, eventually dies. Uh, he has a, a new wife, right. And she winds up stealing uh, a couple of things from him, uh, and 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 dreams ruby is is one of those things, right? So, uh, oh, that that's it. It's not just possessing dream that gives him these amounts of powers. It's having his items, right? right. Which we find out later. There's a reason, right? That the helm, the bag of sand. And the 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 jewel give powers because dreams embedded an element right. of himself into these things. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if it was because, it, and it wasn't a wife. Um, no, it was like it was, it was like his the, red the Magus woman. had the Magus had like a lover, yes. and she became pregnant. And I th- I don't know if he, I I don't know I forget what the reasoning was, but. Um, she steals some of these totems, like the ruby. Right. And well, um, she, yeah, she becomes pregnant and, and Tywin's just a fucking dick, right? And like, yeah, a, a lot of the Magus and, and stuff like that is is kind of taken or, or derived or inspired somewhat by like Aleister Crowley and like those sort of like occult circles of mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the early 20th century, 
right? Mm-hmm. So, and and it's around that same time, right? Like this sort of World War One, yeah, you know, yeah, pretty, you know, Gilded Era type stuff. And so, like, let's just call her not his wife, but like his red woman, right? Like she's a his magical lover. thing, yeah. And she's part of the she's part of the con, right? Because the Magus is kind of a con, you know. Yeah, he, he has magical power, but he's also like not nearly as powerful as he as he tends to. Sure, so he's sure. he's definitely conning people out of their money to stay rich, and and Dream of the Endless's items are keeping him alive in a normally long time. So after the Magus dies. Um, Alex continues to imprison Dream, but also gets a little bit feels, I guess, a little guilty. Yes. And he's been just kind of like Dream has not spoken in. This is going on near 100 years that he is 106. Yeah. That he has been uh, contained. Right. Yeah. And. Generations of this family have now, like, existed, even though, again, they all live ex- extraordinarily long, right? Right. Um, so Alex is nearing the end of his life, and he just wants somewhat of closure and forgiveness from Dream, right? So that's why he's trying to communicate and talk to him. And, right. And what he doesn't realize is on one of his last visits— He's he's wheelchair bound at this point. Alex is. His wheelchair wheels have accidentally gone over part of the seal that contains Dream. Yes, I thought. I don't know how it worked. Maybe, but they in this story, his partner Paul is the one who kind of like accidentally. Yes, he's pushing the wheelchair. Yeah. Okay, so he kind of steps through. Maybe he steps on or something. I don't. I yeah. forget. But it. But that's how it happens. Right. Um. And then at this moment, Morpheus. So like, like everything's also convenient. But that's writing. Yeah. Like right, at right. this point, one of the one of the guards, it nods off. Yes. So and once the spell is broken, Morpheus can get into your dreams, and the so, guard happens to be dreaming of being on a beach, and on a beach, there's sand. There is sand. And it's in the dreaming, right? That's the dream's realm. So it's real to dream. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely so he, real enough. He helps. He uses the guards to help destroy the cage. He escapes. And then he condemns Alex to an eternal sleep. Yes. So and this is just this is all episode one. Right. Yeah. That whole. That whole that whole story is is episode one. One hundred and six years. <laughs> yeah, one hundred and six yeah. years worth of story in one episode. Brilliant. Yeah, and it was done really really well. Again, pacing yes. fantastic. It was. Yep. I was like, this is just fucking great. So, um, so in episode two, he he returns to the dreaming, and it's been a hundred years, and everything's been ruined. Yeah, right, his, his realm is there. falling apart. He, the, the Lord of Dreams has not been ruling the dreaming. Dreams and nightmares alike have been going rogue. Lucian has been trying to hold his realm together as much as possible. Uh, but because he is without his sand, without his helm, and without his ruby, he is in a very weakened state. Um, so in order to get the... Uh, the dreaming basically back under control. He has to go and get 
first of all, his sand is, and, and he knows that the Corinthian is still on the loose, right? Along with, um, really, there's two others that that we deal with in this series. There's, um, okay. there's, there's uh, Stephen Fry. <laughs> it's funny. Sometimes I don't know the oh, actor's well, name, and then sometimes I don't know the character's name, but I only know the actor's name. <laughs> He's well, Stephen he, Fry, like. He's the, Stephen uh, Fry like runs off, but he is a very like malevolent like. But oh no, a hundred percent, he's awesome. But he's Fiddler's he's, Green. Fiddler's Green. Fiddler's Green is left. The Corinthian is left, and then what's her face is left. The one nightmare that wants to be. A oh team. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember her name. She she comes she comes good at the end. Yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's been a while since we watched the show, everybody. So like, just just, <laughs> just bear with us as as we're like, yeah. So, but anyways, and all of this is happening in different times. But so, job number one, Dream has to regain his items in right. order to regain all of his power. Uh, the first thing that he needs is his bag of sand, right? The that is the first item, right? It's not his helm. Oh no, the helm is the first item. No, um, I got to think about Ruby. this. No, it's um, it is the sand. So this is what happens. He um, he visits Cain and Abel, which are yes. really well done. Oh, Cain and, and Abel are great, and they're great in the in the series too, right? Yes. If you think about it, so like a lot of people get kind of confused with Cain and Abel and Dream, and all stories come from the dreaming. Right. Mm-hmm. All stories and imagination have been dreamed up. We we've yep. we've always used terminology like, oh, how'd they ever dream of that? Right. Like it all comes from the dreaming. So dream yeah. is 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 critical to us as a culture because it, it's it's where all of our stories are birthed. Yeah. So he Morpheus. So you talked about how Morpheus is weak because he he's missing his totems of power, the, the yeah. three items. So he realizes that to generate enough power to help start to retrieve his items he needs, he needs to, something that he's he needs to get stronger yeah so he has created for Cain and Abel their um, pet gargoyle Gregory yes so he goes and visits them and he's like I need Gregory and this is you know I this always makes this stuff always makes me sad when I see it anyway it's like oh no poor Gregory yeah because yeah, right, like right. they you know Gregory's like a pet to them but he I guess disassembles Gregory, let's say. Yes, and to that absorb will, the, the magic. The back. power that he used to generate it in the first place. Yes. Now, in doing so, he also gifts them somehow. I forget how this works, but everything comes good, right? Like Cain and Abel find, I think it's like an egg. Yeah. And and the egg, um, the egg generate it creates another gargoyle or dragon yeah. for them yeah. so yes. like that but but you see like they're very like i, I love the bond between you know these guys these, these brothers and their pet gargoyle yeah. and, and, um, but, and 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 just the the sort of like com- comedy but tragedy of 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 kane killing abel every night you know what i mean like yes yeah, in yeah, all like, manner of ways yes right uh so uh dream goes out uh to reclaim the first item which is his sand which allows him to travel through all realms and and some other things, uh, and that is currently being held by Joanna Constantine, right? Ah, yes. Yep. So he stumbles on he stumbles on Joanna Constantine, who is what exercising uh, a demon who's in someone's wife. So or they are in. Bride? 
I I think it was in the boyfriend. Right? Yeah, it was in the 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 boyfriend or the 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 husband of somebody a lesser royal, basically. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so she was like getting married, and like the priest calls her and like there's, you know there's something wrong. So Joanna Constantine basically is there to to um, exercise this demon. Right. Uh, and you know. She runs into to somebody uh, on the street who's not necessarily angel demon, but not human. She's an old bag lady, and she's like, "He's loose, the Sandman." You know what I mean? Like, you know, you can feel it, and you know. And then Joanna, because Joanna is, you know, again John Constantine, like whatever, not old enough to remember the time that Dream of the Endless did exist and even if you're in a magical whatever you know what i mean he's been gone for right. 106 years right. right um so and we'll we'll try to hit the gas on this there's so much in this show i i, I fucking <laughs> I, I totally like uh i, I apologize uh well the, the the episodes are really good and the story is told really well so it's really hard to like not want to go yeah, through I mean, cuz like I've, I've been thinking about like going through all of it right like you know like it's going to be like a multi-part episode right so like they, like she does the exorcism the demon comes out dream sort of helps manage that situation yes. because the demon realizes that it's dream of the endless right, right. and like the endless the endless are sort of the top tier in power, right? So, like a Lucifer could probably get a little like mouthy with Dream, but generally speaking, lesser demons are not going to do it Correct. because the endless are... they get mouth they get mouthy with a Constantine, yeah, but not with an endless, yeah, right, yeah. So, uh, you know, there's there's some back and forth right between there, and um, then we. So so uh, after they put this demon away or do whatever, Constantine remembers that the pouch of sand is with her ex-girlfriend. So yes. we have to tr- we have to go have a we have to go have a um, we have to track down the ex-girlfriend. Um, she is not in a good mental state because she's abused the sand. Um, well, the or, sand or not not the, the sand, sand. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. Was she a it's drug addict or was she – is it the sand? No, okay. it's the sand. It's the sand. Allegory. So the sand, when used by humans, can let them live in their happiest memory. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's only within that memory. So this woman has – Constantine had left her about six or seven months ago. Right. So within that time frame, she has hardly left the bed. Right? right. So she's withered away to almost bone. The sand, again, will keep a person alive. Right. Well, but it, it is it is also like it is an allegory for drugs. Like it is mm. an addiction. Like she yes. is addicted to this. She is living in that happiest moment with right. Constantine before Constantine had left her. Right. So um, they go they go and get the sand. Constantine is sad. Morpheus right. agrees to like help. um Put her, put her ex girlfriend to rest. Let's say, right, right, yeah. Um, and so they, you know, that is, you know, this is by episode three. Now we're we're the middle of episode three, and this is like this is the extent of Constantine's involvement in the series. A nice yes. portrayal, a very you know somewhat faithful adaptation. Yep, absolutely. And, and we're off. Now after that, we go on to the next totem, which is the ruby. No, it's the, the ruby. Helm. It's the helm. It's not. 
No, because the rumors. Oh, wait, no. Um, oh, no, no. I'm sorry. You're right. There's foreshadowing. Yes. So they they foreshadow the ruby in the hands of this uh, of John, who's the son of I think the Ethel, who was the Magus's lover. Yeah. She she gave him the ruby to protect him, but he's also been in like a mental institution in like I don't know Buffalo for right. like forever, right? He, he Not forever, has but... been. She's she's like an art thief and dealer, right? Right. right. John's been in a mental institution in in. Uh, in uh, Buffalo. Buffalo. She yeah. at one point had all three items, the sand, right. the ruby, and the helm. The helm she had traded to a lesser demon, mm-hmm. right, for basically a a totem of protection yeah. that would protect against any magical uh, attack. The protection. Oh, so she carried the she carried the protection. Which I guess is why she's alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why she's right. alive and like and young and and everything like that. like it it'll it'll grant protection from anything, including death, age, and all this other stuff. Right? right, right. So at the end of episode three, she she goes and sees John. She gives to John. They you know they have like a heart to heart. She gives to John the amulet of protection, which takes away all the protection from her she immediately ages and dies yeah john uses the amulet to get out of the institution that's where we end episode three and then we kind of kind of skip away from john for a minute while morpheus goes to get the helmet which is one of the more fun episodes in episode four because we get to go to hell yeah yep and we get to meet lucifer yes played by the uh incomparable brienne of tarth yeah (laughs) gwendolyn christie yes Yes, I always go with Brienne of Tarth and not Captain Phantasm. So, uh, right. Phantasm, right? So just yes, we can never. Yeah, we never yeah, keep us no. speak of that. What a wasted yeah. up. But yeah. anyways, um, so he um, what what's so there's so much good stuff. God damn, this show is so good, right? Yeah. So uh, there's so much good stuff, even going up to um, Lucifer's realm. Right. So Dream's able to get there. Lucian insists that he has a new raven with him that's basically keeps an eye on him. And, and this raven is Matthew and this raven is played by Pat Oswald. And, it's, yes. and he's hilarious. Um, so. Uh, so he's going as he's going through uh, the levels of hell to Lucifer's palace. Right. Um, he passes a, a a prison. Right. And in prison, there is. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Is is the chieftain, chiefess, chief, chieftainess? Is that how you a female chieftain? Is a chieftainess? I don't yeah, know. I don't know if that's how that works, but I don't know. But she's the she's she's the she's the leader of the first tribe of people on Earth. Mm. Is who that is who that character is? Okay, and she is Dream's former lover. Who, uh, you know, because, again, the first tribe of man on Earth is part of the reason the Endless exist. Right, right. right. Someone the first has to, to dream. dream. Yeah, they're the first to dream. They're, they're all of this. So there's a, there's a, a deep relationship between them and, and the Endless, right, uh, and dream of the Endless in particular with this, uh, this, this. She decides that she can no longer have a relationship with dream, Right. So because he is immortal, because he is endless and, and of this, out of his jealousy in spite of this, he condemns her to hell. So the whole reason she is in hell and in prison 
is because Dream has not been able to forgive him. And even mm. then, 15,000 years, you know, Morpheus has this encounter with her, and he's still not at the point where he can forgive right. her and, and, and free her from hell, right? So it was a very poignant uh, thing, and a really nice uh, deep cut for, for fans of the series. Um, so, but finally, uh, Dream does get uh, to Lucifer. Uh, Lucifer is is uh, just so great, and we get to see Mazikeen, and like it's such a better portrayal of Lucifer and Mazikeen than in the Fox show about Lucifer being a cop, right? Which I you know right. I I enjoyed that show for what it was, right? But it it wasn't Lucifer. It wasn't the it comic wasn't really Lucifer. Lucifer. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, you know, yeah. So this is a great portrayal of. of of Lucifer and Morpheus comes and she's like, Lord Dream, I'm so glad you've come to select or suggest a joining of our realms. Like, you know, right. so Lucifer at this point is still pretty bent on taking control of heaven, right? Like Lucifer, this Lucifer still wants to to wage war and and, and rule on heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Dream said no. One, you know, basically, one of your demons stole my helm. Blah 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 blah. They go through this whole thing of like, you can challenge, right, uh, the demon if you want for your helm. That's the rule of hell, right? It's a game of wits, let's yeah, say. Right. And then Dream agrees to the terms, and then Lucifer says, "Great, I am this demon's champion." Well, the the, do, the demon chooses Lucifer. Right. Yeah. It's not. It's not at Lucifer's behest. It's like the you know Morpheus yeah. says like I'll represent myself because you know whatever. Right. And the demon's like, well, Lucifer's going to be my champion. Yes. And so they have this great, this great game of wits. Yeah. And Lucifer wins by talking about like speaking of hope, like hope is a hope is a concept that is, you know, strong and it creates a lot of like you know, power well, and dream, dream wins eventually. Great dream wins. Yeah. 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 Lucifer has him against the, yeah. Lucifer has him against the ropes for a bit. But Very then, much so. Yeah. But then hope is the concept that defeats darkness, right? Like is, is right. basically what it is. Right. So they go through this, you know, like Lucifer starts with, I am dire wolf, hungry, sleek and blah, blah. And you know, dreams like I am hunter sharp right. and blah, blah, blah. And they go through this whole thing to where, you know, guns Lucifer's, and tanks. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. and Lucifer's like, I am darkness, never ending, blah, 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 blah. And so then Lucifer wins. He get. I'm sorry, I did what you did. Dream wins. He gets his helm back. <laughs> he is two thirds the way there. He's got his sand. He's got his helm. Right. It's time to get that ruby. Right. So Lucifer leaves. I'm sorry, Lucifer. Dream leaves hell not before Lucifer um, promises that she will kill him. Yeah. This isn't over. This is this is not over. No. And the comic and, um, fucking tells you it's not over because that's the second story. So it would be cool if we if that's what we see in season two. Right. So uh, at the end of season four, at the end of season four, at the end of episode four, um, we go back to John, who has the ruby, the last totem of power that that Morpheus needs to um, recapture. Um, he's picked up on his way out of the uh, asylum by a woman, just a, you know, just a kindly woman, um, good Samaritan. Yes. And um, she um, is taking him. I, I don't know where, um, but Morpheus discovers that this is what's going on. He's going to a. Uh basically like a storage thing because that's where the ruby is right? oh all oh, right because yeah. he has the protection amulet not the ruby 
Yes, correct. So yeah, so he's like, I need to go here. She's like, oh sure, you know, and, she, and they they exchange stories, and it's very nice. Right. But then also, he and gets then a little... she kind of like learns that he's like going to be a serial killer. And he's all like man, creepy. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And then yeah. there, there's so yeah, and then so there's he gets the ruby right, and as he has the ruby. You know, she fucking flees, right? Which, you know, good for her. Um, well, so, so it's so because we get to the diner, the diner scene is key, and she's is, Sans Diner. So, the, the diner is at the beginning of episode five. So, at the end of episode four, he gets to the storage before Morpheus gets there, I think, and Morpheus gets somehow, oh, he reaches for the ruby, and the ruby, oh, and the, the ruby. ruby the Ruby like shocks, rejects yeah. him, and yeah. then this is where we learn that like John has altered the Ruby to bend like, to his will. He's like just even... his will. Yeah, and so John shows up right after that, takes the Ruby, he leaves because he has the Ruby. He's like, I don't need this amulet, so he right. gives the amulet to the woman who this you know this, yeah, this yeah. woman who gave him a ride, right? Um, and you know that's cool. Um, so then. At the beginning of episode five, he goes to the diner. This is where we have basically almost like, you know, this whole episode where there are the stories of all of the diners. This is one of the best episodes and Morpheus oh, yeah. isn't even in it. Yeah, I mean, it's so it's he's, so he's, good. I mean, he's the great thing is, is Morpheus shows up at the very end of this episode and sets everything not right. Yeah, but, but somewhat better. You know, just the storytelling it's so of, good. Like it's and, really good. And and the actor that plays John, right, um, aka Professor Lupin, uh, from the Harry Potter series. Don't know his name. Uh, I also thought he was. Um, and I'm trying to think. I'm trying to remember if it, if I'm. I, I'm hoping I'm right here. But I thought that he was in, um, Sherlock. Yeah, he may have been. He may have been. I don't know yeah. what that dude's name is, but he's a great British actor, and he plays an awesome Professor Lupin. Uh, <laughs> my gonna, favorite I swear defense to God, I'm against figure the dark arts teacher. Point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's he's another one of those great British actors who shows up and is extremely extremely good in this part. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I again, I feel like we're rushing through so much, uh, but. So we go through that. Then there's finally a a, a sort of sh- John gets to the realm of dream using the ruby, right? Um, yeah, no, he he gets to the realm of dream. He's in the throne room, right? Um, okay. And that's when you know he's he's become. It seems like he's definitely become more powerful than dream, right? Um, Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, and that's when Dream has the realization to destroy the ruby, right? Right. Actually, it's it's what it's what John does. John John does it. I don't know if he's tricked into it, but John does it. He's tricked it and... into it. He's destroyed he destroys the ruby to almost right. show just how much more powerful he is than Dream. So he destroys the thing that Dream creates, right? Right. Um but by doing that, that releases the power that of Dream that he had put into that totem, and it returns to Dream, who is now full and infinitely more powerful than yeah. anything. He, he, <laughs> foolishly, he foolishly thinks that destroying the ruby is going to— Hurt Dream. 
Heart Dream, but it and really just perhaps, releases all the power imbued in it. Right. And also, like we didn't mention, because again, there's so much going on in this show, the Corinthian has, has been trying to coax John into doing this as well. Because if somebody can kill Dream, that benefits the Corinthian because now Dream is not going to hunt for him. Yeah, I think that the Corinthian, doesn't the Corinthian show up at the diner? At the diner, yeah. At 100%. the diner. It's the fucking yeah. greatest episode ever, right? Yeah, it is a... <laughs> It's such a good. Sh- it's it really is. It's, I mean, it's so fucking good, and like again, we're just blasting through this because now we have to. Now we have to get to to the sister, right, and and her brother, and and the and the and the chick that was asleep for a hundred years, right. Who, des- right. who desire goes? In. Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, it's it so is good. So, they they do they do a lot with um. Oh god, what's her name? Um. Oh, so. Can we? He can visits we hit, with. De- can can we hit pause for a second? Can we both hit stop and then come back to this in two seconds? Can we take a quick commercial Whenever break? Whenever you're ready. All right, one, two, three, stop. Hey everybody. Uh, so unfortunately, after our bathroom break, uh, Pat's track got dropped. But we did decide anyway that we were going to stop the episode here and come back in about a week and finish off. Uh, uh, Sandman because it's such great show we didn't want to cut anything short so thanks for stopping by thanks for hanging out talk to you in about a week or so we'll finish up Sandman and I think maybe we'll talk about one of the greatest shows ever made uh, and or so deuces making time